Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Fantasy. What, what did we we ended up with a name, didn't we, JB? We finally have a name, the Fantasy Magnets. I don't, I don't. It's a neat name. It's kind of stuck, like magnets stuck to each other. But also, if you think about a magnet, if you turn them around, or I don't know how, I don't, you know, there's some scientists out there right now rolling their eyes. To me, if you turn one magnet around, you got the other ones. They just start going against one another, like like opposing one another. So that's that's a magnetic kind of thing. Yeah, and there's definitely some segments that we could do on here using that wordplay and. And my boy Jordan Loop's going to come up with a logo for us that's going to be sick. So I'm excited about that and excited we finally got a name. I am too. So you're listening to the Fantasy Magnets on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And today we've got a special guest who represents somewhat one of the reasons why JB and I ended up being together. Because we, we ended up in a draft room that was just a fantastic draft room. And Aaron, you're the one who put it all together for us. And so I thank you for that. Uh, JB, why don't you introduce your longtime friend? Yeah, and actually it's funny how Aaron and I became friends. It was um, me inadvertently getting into the Hunger Bowl when I didn't really have a spot. And, uh, you know, I ended up, I think somebody in one of my group chats said, hey, my league needs one more person and sent the link to join. And then I joined and then it felt really weird. And I was like, I feel like I didn't sign up for this and I couldn't keep track at that point. You know, we're signing up for all these different industry leagues and different drafts. And I was like, I don't think I signed up for this. So I messaged Aaron and I was like, hey, I'm in this league, but I don't think I'm supposed to be, but it's a great cause and I'd love to contribute anyway. And Aaron was like, well, if you get some other people together, then we'll do a seventh division because it was six divisions and he had them filled up already. And I mean, Aaron will talk about it, but I think he raised over $1,700. And then we said, hey, let's just start a seventh one. I put it out there on Twitter and you and Kangas Man, Scott Frankel, Hope and a bunch of others jumped right in, filled it up. And I mean, Aaron and I have been talking ever since. I want to introduce Aaron Sobchak to the show. And, and Aaron, just Tell us how you came up with the idea of the Hunger Bowl and, and what it means to you. Well, first of all, it's great to be on here with you guys. I've uh, actually never done a podcast before. This is a first for me, so I'm excited to be on here and talk to you guys. And it actually worked out really well. Like JB said, he accidentally joined the league, but he ended up getting a seventh league or division going. To his point, it helped raise extra money. We actually ended up raising $2,650, which nice. was Far beyond my $1,000 goal. I was in shock, to be honest with you guys. Uh, it was definitely an amazing thing to be a part of with all of you guys in the fantasy community. But uh, to your question, what kind of got me thinking about doing it, my wife and I are blessed enough to have jobs that are considered essential. So we've been working nonstop throughout this COVID crisis. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are in, that are in need. And I was started Googling and looking around for different COVID relief programs. And when I ran across No Kid Hungry, I just knew that something I needed to support. As uh, I think I mentioned to you guys, I've been a youth pastor in, the, in my past. And I know that there's many kids that go in need just during the regular school year. But now that they're not able to go to school and their parents aren't working, there's a lot of families in need. And uh, I just felt like I saw the opportunity with Twitter and some of my friends that I have, uh, some really great friends at Gridiron Experts who supported me. And I'm sure you guys know Nate Hamilton Mm -hmm. and uh, some guys just encouraged me to go ahead and jump on the idea. And, you know, as a Christian myself, 
in James chapter two, it says that basically faith without works is dead and that uh, we can have faith and we can want to help people. But unless we put some action behind it, it sometimes it just goes void, you know, and I really just wanted to be able to do something for people that are in need during this crisis and try to bless some people, you know, and it turned out bigger than my expectations for sure. I, I missed what uh, charitable organization it was uh, altogether. I know it was the Hunger Bowl, but I, I, is it No Kid Hungry? Yes, sir. Yeah, it actually all the proceeds went directly to No Kid Hungry. Uh, that's fantastic. I just had John Lobb on the show, and he uh, we teach a charity tournament, and it was a fantastic podcast. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it was it was just wonderful over on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can find that uh, on Anchor FM or just you know Google it and all that stuff. You can find it. But it was a wonderful podcast. He talked a lot about being a teacher and everything and how important it was for us as Americans to open our eyes to see how many kids go hungry. And that meant a lot to me. And JB, you've you've been involved with me a little while now, uh, and you know a little bit about my past. But man, I was one of those kids that were hungry. I I I don't remember eating. I don't think we ever sat down as a family to eat. It was just me and my mom. And so when I had an opportunity to do things with no kids hungry, I I just jumped at the opportunity because it really touches my heart. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Like Aaron was saying, you know, the the COVID nineteen outbreak kind of shut down schools and. And made it hard for families. A lot of these families, and I used to teach also, I used to teach in an underprivileged neighborhood. My mom was a teacher as well for many years. And a lot of these kids, like Aaron says, do rely on the school-provided meals as their breakfast, as their lunch. And when the schools were shut down, and maybe the mom was out of work, or maybe you know they weren't home all day, it, it became tough for a lot of these families to provide food for their for their kids and for their whole families and something like this, an organization like no kid hungry, which you can go to nokidhungry.org and get some more information on that. It's just an incredible cause. And, and Aaron, I applaud you for coming up with this idea to get a fantasy football tournament around doing this charity. And, and you see a lot of people in the industry have been doing different fantasy leagues this year for different charity events. What gave you the idea of, of, merging this great cause with the fantasy football community? Well, I mean, uh, having over over a thousand followers on Twitter, and I know that that's not a lot for some people, but for me, I just felt like it was something that gave me an opportunity to have a outreach to people and kind of spread the word about it. And in the past, I've given away some jerseys. I had given away a Dalvin Cook jersey, and it seemed like there was a lot of people interested in that. So I thought, why not? put up some money, go ahead and buy some jerseys to give away. And uh, I figured people would be excited to win some jerseys, but more importantly, it's an opportunity to give charity. And, you know, it's a little bit different than playing in just a normal redraft league, you know? Yeah. And I saw you put a tweet out there. It was like a little teaser tweet at the end of June saying that you got a big announcement coming up. If you have any interest in supporting a good cause and a chance to win one of these autographed jerseys, stay tuned. And he snaps a picture of Lev Bell, Alvin Kamara, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, and Kenny Galladay autographed jerseys. So naturally, that's going to draw people's attention. Now, us being the seventh league in there, I guess, you know, when I take down our division, you know, I'll just, I'll win pride points. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I know I had a tough time getting in that draft room. I remember doing it, and I remember, and I, I kept communicating with you, and I just kept apologizing. I wasn't mashing the right buttons. I can't remember what it was, but I felt so bad because I knew you were very busy during that time. Oh no, it's not a problem at all. I, like I said, I'm just happy all of you guys decided to join in, and you know, JB opening up the seventh league, and you know, for me, it, it's it's amazing to see all the. Uh, support that I've gotten. You know, I mentioned Gridiron Experts and Nate Hamilton, but even Scott Fish got on board and decided to give away a uh, Scott Fish Bowl 11 to spot to whoever wins the Hunger Bowl overall. And uh, I had some amazing friends, uh, just a shout out to a few of them, John Ferguson and Derek Wiley, Ian Harris, Jason Staples, Kimberly Atkins, Rob Sullivan, Jonathan Jackson, all these guys ended up giving money to help me buy more jerseys. And we're up to 12 jerseys. I've got a few friends at Sleeper Wire that are going to donate a couple more jerseys here coming up soon. So everybody who plays every division will end up winning jerseys, you know, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm wearing my jersey today for my Chicago Bears in memory of David Montgomery's season, I think, at this point. Uh, I am I am wearing <laughs> My Rasham Salam Chicago Bear jersey is what I'm wearing. <laughs> That's a throwback there, huh? Uh, well, yeah, it's a it should have been a throwaway is what it should have been. <laughs> uh, uh, now, when I got in the draft room, though, JB, and you can help me through this, th- and correct me if I'm wrong, this was my like second slow draft. We were doing another slow draft at the time for Raz Bowl. And so I was getting a little confused about which draft room I was in. Raz Bowl was a uh, keeper or not a keeper league. Raz Bowl was a best ball league. And then this one is a season long league. So I would get a little confused as I was going back and forth with one another. Uh, thankfully, you kept telling me, hey, loafing it. OTC, man. OTC on the <laughs> clock. And, and this was a very lively draft room, though. It was. We had some great people in the room and a lot of communication throughout it. A lot of the people in the league I talked to regularly and in the you know, Fantasy Alarm family chat and um, a bunch of them joined once I posted it out on Twitter. So I know they're very active. I know they're very talkative. They love talking fantasy. So uh-huh. we did have a very active room. Um, and not only did I have to give you draft reminders, but I had to remind you you're on the clock in which one? Because <laughs> at one point I was like, Wes, you're on the clock. And you're like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> so but now, yeah we, and one of them said, this one was on sleeper app also so it wasn't even like you could just alternate tabs on your computer this one you're drafting on the sleeper app on your phone while you were drafting the Bowl on your computer so yeah i could see the confusion <laughs> no my s4 was blowing up during that time it was on fire at some <laughs> points because i was doing both of them on my s4 and i'm telling you it was red hot red <laughs> hot hey but we set like a record in how quickly we got through on this draft didn't we Definitely. Thanks to JB pushing you guys along. Y'all finished faster than any other division by a long shot. (laughs) And I think we started a day later than everybody. And and I think we were the second to finish, but definitely the quickest, right? Yeah. And actually the the division that finished ahead of y'all started drafting a week before y'all did. So y'all finished ahead of ahead of people that were drafting for a week. Wow. <laughs> well, we did have an active room and, and it was a fun draft because it was different. I mean, you mentioned Scott Fish and, and the scoring in this was similar to Scott Fishbowl scoring. I saw that it was a tight end premium. Um, it was a super flex league. So I wanted to play around in this one and, and draft a little bit differently than my normal conservative draft strategy. I got the 1.01 in this and I went Lamar Jackson, which I never do. And I give Wes some guff on when he takes quarterbacks early in drafts. But in a in a super flex league, 
I just, uh, you know what? I didn't have any shares. I knew I probably wouldn't have any shares elsewhere. So I said, let me take a shot at it. And I ended up actually kind of almost punting running back because I came back with Julio Jones in the second round. And I ended up with Austin Eckler as my RB1 and then Lev Bell as my RB2, I think. So and it was a little bit rough. Um, and, and you could trade picks in Sleeper, too. You could trade picks, and, and I ended up doing that. So it was a fun draft because you kept going, and, and it kept you kept your mind going because I, I wanted to play this a little bit differently and get a little creative with it. Did you actually get a team this year, Aaron, in this, or were you too busy to be able to participate? I'm actually in Division Six. And how did your draft go? It went well. My strategy didn't go quite as planned. Uh, I, I have a buddy of mine that was drafted in Division Two, and he went, I believe it was six running backs straight with his roster, and I loved it, how his team turned out. So I thought I would try the same, but unfortunately all the running backs went off the board in the first two rounds. I ended up with Alvin Kamara, and then I just started going wide receiver after that and ended up with a bunch of good wide receivers. Well, the format's a little funky, too, because it's not like a normal start, two running backs, three wide receivers. It's one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one super flex, and then six flex positions. So uh, that's another reason why I was like, hey, you know what? I don't need to go running back heavy because then you could just fill in your flexes with, you know, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd, Ronald Jones. You know, I ended up with what I thought was a decent team. But it was interesting because it was set up, Aaron, and I, give, and I applaud you for it. It was set up different than most of the leagues, and, and it, that's what made it more fun. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I definitely wanted to do something a little different and try to make it easier on people. You know, with COVID possibly having players on the sideline, I wanted to make sure it would be easy for people to set their lineups. Well, I, I like that kind of lineup as well. I, I like having, you know, just the one position, like JB said, the one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and the rest of them being a flex. And I like the little super flex. I've never been in a super flex thing before, and I thought I was reading it wrong. And that's one of the things I try to do is familiarize, familiarize myself with the league settings so I can know how to strategize going into the draft. I think that's very, very important. That's probably one of the most important things that you could do uh, besides having a good draft. Would you agree? Definitely. I mean, unfortunately, there were some people that didn't read the rules. And after about the second or third round, they realized it was not a best ball league. So, you know, I'm sure it kind of hurt their strategy a little But I'm sure everybody overall, most of the teams ended up pretty good. So I think they're all right. The thing that I like a lot about the flex positions uh, is that it doesn't lock you into somebody. So it always leaves you an opportunity to find those players on the waiver wire who might be hot and not just, you know, put make make sure that they're a wide receiver or make sure they're a running back. It really gives you some flexibility there, which hence the flex position, right? Yeah, yep. we've already seen action in our waiver wire. I see people pretty active in here. I mean, we said it was an active draft and people are already hitting the waiver wire and making ads when the news comes out. So it's definitely going to be an active one. We're going to have to be on our toes. I see you followed suit, Wes. I see that in the first round with your first pick, and you picked from the sixth spot, and you went to Sean Watson with your first pick. Now, I went Lamar with the 101, and Scott Frankel took Pat Mahomes with the fourth pick, and then here you came with Deshaun Watson coming in with at the 1.06. That might have been the earliest I've ever seen him go. So talk to us a little bit about that idea. And was it because you, you saw it with Superflex and you said, oh, man, I got to go quarterback here? 
Oh, I, w- I was definitely going quarterback uh, early on when I saw the super flex position. I said, okay, and I hope I'm reading this right because I've never been in one before. So I was like, okay, uh, here I'm, I'm rolling the dice. The reason why I was really targeting Deshaun Watson in as as one of my quarterbacks, I was always going to try and get one of those big five or six quarterbacks, the ones before Josh Allen. I think after jo- I, I'm not real secure in my Josh Allen shares this year. I don't think I have any, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm I'm not anticipating the greatest of years. I think they can dominate that division, first of all, so they may not always be running and passing like they were last year trying to have those comeback victories. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to lay off Josh Allen this year. Deshaun Watson, his, his, his very good security blanket in Hopkins is gone. So he has a lot of different faces there. I don't think he even knows who Will Fuller is because he doesn't get a chance to play with him all the time. <laughs> so he's he's going to be looking for those players to be able to depend on. And sometimes as a quarterback, and I still have the nightmares of him running all over my University of Alabama whenever he played for Clemson in the championship games. And I I know he can run the ball. And I think that he is actually one of those guys who loves to pass, but he's not afraid to run. And maybe that Lamar Jackson year last year has inspired some of the coaches to allow their quarterbacks to run a little more reckless. And then again, maybe those quarterbacks saw Lamar Jackson's year and say, just like when people watch Michael Jordan become a record setter, they're saying, you know what? I am better than Lamar Jackson at doing this. And and if anybody can do it, I think Deshaun Watson can. Yeah, he definitely can. He's definitely in that next pocket of quarterbacks. And I actually have an article coming out this week on Razball that I'm breaking down quarterbacks into pockets and where to kind of target them in fantasy drafts. So it's it's funny that you said the guys before Josh Allen, because that's that next pocket after Mahomes and Lamar is those four guys before Josh Allen. So I completely understand. And that's where I tend to target my first quarterback in drafts. What about you, Aaron? Who'd you end up with as your quarterback in the Superflex? I actually decided to wait on quarterback. Uh, I waited till the eighth round and ended up snagging Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers back-to-back. And uh, I waited a little bit longer down the draft in about the 15th round, and I ended up snagging Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor to be on my bench. So I felt like I came out okay. Okay, yeah, you got some steady guys there. Nobody who's going to light the world on fire, but guys that'll get you steady points and and, you know, hopefully you use those rounds before that to load up on guys that are going to get you big points. And that's a pretty solid strategy. I like it. Well, for my, for my wide receivers, I'll just read them off to you and you can see what you think. I got uh, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Green. So Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if we could make trades, interdivisional trades right now is what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a stable you got there. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty top heavy on my starting roster. My my bench is a little slim because I had to kind of go quarterback and tight end in the later rounds to catch up. But I felt like uh, as long as nobody gets hurt cross, crossing my fingers, it'll be OK. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking at the list of people that you had participating in this and you got some really good fantasy players to participate. So I'm sure that, you know, most leagues have and most teams have weaker benches because it looks like some sharp fantasy minds participating in this. So there's not going to be a, a slouch in the draft room that, you know, somebody will end up with a monster team. It looks like you ended up getting a, a good group of people to participate in the hunger bowl. Absolutely. And I, you know, I randomized each division, but uh, it actually turned out really well because there's quite a few analysts in within each division. And that kind of helped things uh, level out, you know, that's awesome. So, 
I ended up with Raheem Mostard in my draft. I, I don't know what to think about this guy because he totally blew me away last year. Whenever I watched him, I said, this guy, if he just gets the ball in his hand in the Mike, in the Shanahan offense, he's going to be fantastic. I'm just not sure how often he's going to get the ball in his hand. Do either one of you two have thoughts upon who's going to be the main running back in San Francisco? I think he'll get the first opportunity. I think, um, you know, what he did last year will give him the opportunity, but they do like Tevin Coleman there, and I think it's a split backfield. And, you know, I I don't know that any of them will really produce, and I don't think Mostert will have the season that he had last year. Um, McKinnon is back healthy, so I, I just... He could be dangerous on third down. He could be dangerous. He could he could be Mostert. He could be the one who comes in, takes the job, and just runs with it. So I, I I'm not really investing in that backfield. In a super in a best ball league, sure. But in something that I need to click and put Mostert or Coleman or even McKinnon in my lineup every week, I'm I'd be worried. I'd be worried to do that. The 49ers for me are a team that's just hard to project. I mean, they have so much talent, but every year, you you know, it's kind of up and down on which players contributing each week. I mean, when Emmanuel Sanders was there, I mean, he seemed pretty consistent, but they let him leave. So it's, it's hard to judge for me offensively overall, who's going to be the main contributors on that team. Especially when they have a wide receiver going down every day in practice, it seems, huh? Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you said you ended up with uh, Kamara and then Latavius Murray as well? No, I would have liked to have got Murray. He ended up, uh, somebody took him right before it got back to me. But uh, the rest of my running backs are kind of slim. I ended up with Carrion Johnson, uh, Duke Johnson, and Sony Michelle. So I'm kind of hoping Sony Michelle will come back healthy. I think yeah, he, he just did activated him. Yep, yeah, he did return. So hopefully he gets the job and you know you'll get some touchdown upside out of him. Yeah, the good thing about having multiple leagues, though, is I have Damian Harris in another league. So if he doesn't pan out, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, how are you keeping track of all your leagues? Wes and I talk about how, how hard it is this year with all the different leagues and different industry drafts we've been in. And now the home leagues are all kind of firing up and draft season is, is in its peak. How are you keeping track of all of them? I've tried to slim down. I think I have about five or six teams. Um, but Overall, I don't have too much trouble with it. I, I'm in some really good leagues. I'm, I'm in one league with uh, J. Mike Check and uh, some of the guys from the Dynasty Dummies, and it's it's a pretty good league. And the rest of my leagues I'm in are mostly people from Gridiron Experts, and so they kind of keep me on my toes and keep me interested in the league, so I pay attention. Nice. All right, All right so I'm wrestling with a question in this league, and I'll I'll ask both of your uh, opinions. I just saw, I just saw, hold on, hold on. I just saw this, uh, my opponent week one, super spicy. I, I don't know who that is. I, I can't read it from here. I think that's fire dad. Was it, wasn't it fire dad in our league? Yep. I'm not, at yep. fire dad. He, he has a wide receiver at the very bottom. I need to do more research. This guy's research, uh, Mr. Research, I guess his name is Q Cephas, a wide receiver from Detroit. I never saw that. Oh, he probably changed the name. You could change the name on Sleeper app, right? No, you can give nicknames, but Quintez Cephas was oh, okay. is an I actual see. person. He's a I real see. wide receiver on the Lions. <laughs> Look, um, I just delivered bread today to a guy named Cephas. So I, when I see something like that down here in Alabama, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, he is. I I knew Quintez Cephas. Okay, I have. Sorry, I had a dark. I had a moment there. Yeah, he's a fifth round draft pick. Um, been kind of flashing a little bit in, in training camp and, 
you know, Detroit is going to pass the ball a lot. So, I mean, he's a guy that at the bottom of your roster, let's take a shot at him. Why not? My question is this, though. I'm, I'm looking at my roster. I was smart enough. I was I was just slim shady enough to go out and get Armstead with the Jacksonville Jaguars because I'm not positive what Leonard Fournette is going to do in Jacksonville. I'm not positive how long he's going to be able to play in Jacksonville. So I slid Armstead into my IR slot while he was IR eligible, right? And but at some point, I, I can't I can't even change my roster anymore. I don't think. Um, I, I I don't think I could set my or change my my starters right now. At least I've tried to a couple times and I'm not. And it just keeps giving me this yellow sign that tells me I have somebody on injured reserve that I need to drop. And and so I'm wondering who I'm going to drop at the beginning of the year to be able to change my roster a little bit. And I picked up at the end of the draft Ricky Seals Jones. I suppose he's a drop candidate. I also picked up Bonifon from Carolina. He's a drop candidate. I like to get those kind of running backs from a different place. I'm not going to give up Chase Edmonds because I have Kenyon Drake as a starter. Any of those guys, Russell Gage, Sims Jr., Ricky Seals-Jones, Marquez Valdez-Scanting, any of those guys maybe I should get rid of just so I can activate Armstead or should I just drop Armstead? Well, I'm, I might would go with Bonifon personally just because the, the news out of camp. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to get all the work at uh, running back. But uh, there's also news saying I believe it's uh, trying to, Mike Davis maybe. I'm trying to remember yep. guys. Yeah. So I believe he's pretty pretty much solidified as a running back too. So Bonifon may not get too much opportunity. I do like the the Armstead pickup though because I'm with you on Leonard Fournette. I mean, he, with how many times he's been injured, it's, it's almost – you almost feel like having Armstead there is you're going to start him at some point this season, you know? Yeah, I agree that you need to hold on to Armstead, and he's definitely more valuable than Bonifon. Of the list that you gave, it would definitely be Bonifon that I would drop there. You also have Peyton Barber sitting there on your bench who mm-hmm. may even get cut. Um, I would kind of hold off on dropping Barber because I think he's the type of back that if he does get cut, Maybe a Chicago picks him up and he he's viable for a few weeks while Montgomery recovers. So I would kind of hold on to him. I'd probably go Bonifon there, but if you have time to wait and you wait till you know a couple weeks and you see if if Barber does get cut and if he lands somewhere else, if not, if he stays in that muddied Washington backfield, Barber would be the guy I would drop. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait as long as I possibly can. I might even wait through that first week just to see what happens. Because after all, my team is projected to score 145 points that first week. Mm, (laughs) Look at you. My team's projected to score 155. So, ha. (laughs) Good thing you're not playing me. No, I, yeah, well, listen, I appreciate everybody joining me. This was a, was a quick show. We did. We just kind of jumped on here. We just had a couple of minutes together, and we've been trying to get a hold of Aaron for quite some time to be able to talk more about the Hunger Bowl. And Aaron, the, those of us at Fantasy Impact today really do appreciate everything you did for uh, NoKidsHungry.org. Well, I appreciate you guys. And like I said, without the fantasy community, it wouldn't have been possible. So I appreciate all the support and JB pushing for another league and, and pushing that that money raised up. You know, he, he definitely made a big impact. So thank you guys for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on, Aaron. And thanks for all you did here. Yeah. And, and real quickly, where can they where can everybody donate if they want to donate again to uh, the Hunger Bowl? 
If they want to uh, donate specifically to the Hunger Bowl, they can go to Gridiron Experts, and there's an article there for uh, the Hunger Bowl, and you just follow the link directly to our uh, fundraising page. But even if you choose not to donate directly through our fundraiser, just go to uh, nokidhungry.org, and you can donate directly to them and you know make an impact. Yeah, and you've been listening to the Fantasy Magnets. And, JB, we're getting together again tomorrow. We're having a draft tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. We're going to do a 12-team quick clock, one-minute clock, best ball league. Aaron, if you're free tomorrow, we're we're going to be doing that. At, uh, I think it starts off at 12.10 Eastern. I posted it on my Twitter page this morning. There's still about four spots left. So anybody wants to hop in, that's going to be fun. We'll be talking about it while we record the podcast, while we draft. It'll be a good time. No, I'll definitely take a look at it. All right. And then we're getting together. We're talking about something else tomorrow, too. I don't know what we're talking about tomorrow. I can't remember all these shows. I've been recording shows all the time, JB. Yeah, man. I see that. Every day there's a, a new Fantasy Impact Today show coming out. And like you said before, you had John Laub on, and you've had some really good guests on and putting together some really awesome shows. Anybody who's not following Fantasy Impact Today, definitely hop on that. I mean, we'll retweet it. You see West post them all the time, and it gets retweeted a lot, but some really good shows. Yeah, that John Lobb show, I was, I was very proud of that. I think that there's going to – I'm, I'm, I'm going to win an award for that John Lobb show, I believe. That's what I was going for. Uh, <laughs> but you have been listening to the Fantasy Magnets on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter. Aaron, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Aaron Supchek. It's just my name. Make it simple. <laughs> and JB, you are at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. I am at Loafinit on Twitter, and you can find us all there. To get, but if you have not yet, subscribe to the show. We want to encourage you to do that. You can find it over on Anchor FM. Then you can just click on whatever little uh, icon that you want to to be able to subscribe on your platform that you like to listen to. That's really cool about Anchor FM, how they do that. And then you can get all those past shows, but you can also get updates on any additional shows that we put out almost each and every day, like JB was saying. But more important than all that, the crew here at the Fantasy Impact Today Network would like to encourage you to go out and find a way to make an impact in somebody's life today.